0: Worship Him not just every Lord's day, but also every day of the week, every hour, every minute, and every second. So come and behold your great and glorious God this morning. And we're going to do that in Psalm 145. Um, It'll be in the ESV version because this is one that I've uh, somewhat memorized. (laughs) So um, if you could just follow along here. And just listen to the word of the Lord, um, God's holy and uh, precious word. Psalm 145, starting in verse 1. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling down and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh Bless his holy name forever and ever. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would come forth in your power, in your Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me, that you'd speak words of comfort, words of grace, words of love, words of truth, words of boldness that you would be with us this morning and you would speak to us for you are our God and we are your people and we desire to hear from you this morning. Use these feeble words for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Who here wants to be happy? Who here wants to live lives of purpose and meaning? God is calling you this morning to fullness in Him, eternal life and true joy which is found in worship. Awe and worship, praise, and gratitude. We've all experienced awe and worship in our life. If you have breath, you have experienced it. When you have seen that light glisten off the mountains at that perfect hour in the morning, When you have seen your favorite sports team win that championship at the last second of that game. When you have done that special back somersault or hit that game-winning home run as a kid. When you have landed that skateboard trick or that ballet twirl that you've been practicing for months. When you saw your grandchild for the first time. When you experienced your first kiss when you have tasted that amazing steak and had it melt in your mouth, when you have heard that favorite band live in concert and saw for the first time that rainbow in the sky, we were all created to be worshipers, to be those experiencing awe, awe in creation and ultimately awe in the God who made all things. Some of you are young and everything is exciting, You're full of that awe and enjoyment. That's what we love about children and seeing their joy at all times. You're seeking out that joy and pleasure constantly. Others of you are older and maybe you've been hit so many times and suffered to the point of apathy or just losing joy and awe and worship altogether. You've been promised the American dream and maybe you haven't achieved it. Or maybe you have and it has been found to be empty. These are the true ro- two roads which are you on, full of awe and enjoyment, full of worship or apathy, complacency. Are you living in awe of creation or have you lost awe altogether, full of hope in this world or lost all hope? How about a third choice? The main point of this sermon is recapturing our awe of God leads to worship and true life for you and everyone else. Let me repeat that. The main point of this sermon is recapturing our awe of God leads to worship and true life for you and everyone else around you. We'll look at this with three different points. The first, worship misplaced. The second, worship redeemed. And the third, worship practiced. So first, worship misplaced. David begins his last psalm in the book of Psalms with the penultimate psalm of praise and worship. It is almost like all the other psalms that go through David's life, his trials, his pain, his abandonment, his Psalms of thanksgiving, of lament, of penitence, and on and on have led David to write this great psalm of worship. David, the man after God's own heart, is providing us a template for worship and a heart filled with awe and praise. He begins, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. You can almost feel the whole world stop. And all focus is upon this great and awesome God. David lays open his heart. And within it is praise that's welling up. Praise and worship. His cup is overflowing with life. joy and praise he has seen and truly knows this great God the question you must ask is how did David get to this place was he born with this mindset how do we get to this place of worship that is so great so glorious if it is true which I firmly believe it is How come the world and everyone around us is not in this place of worship at all times? Why are we not there? Or why are we there on just certain days of the year? If we stop and we examine ourselves, these first verses were probably not what you were thinking when you woke up this morning after a hard week of work. After a night of insomnia, After you heard that bad news a few days ago or after you went to fill up your gas tank. Our eyes are focused on our current situation, on the weather, the inflation, the war, the current sickness that's going around the U.S. Our phones and TV are constantly bombarding us with things to be fearful of or things to focus our attention on, things that we don't have and need in order to be happy. And when we do experience awe, enjoyment, and worship, it's usually over some new stuff that we get. But then that awe can fade like a vapor. The problem inherent in every human, which you see throughout all of Scripture again and again, is we replace awe and worship in God with awe and worship in creation. Romans 1.25 says we exchange the truth about God for a lie, and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. How many of us are right there? We might go to church on Sunday, but our hearts are distracted. We don't reach this place that David so heartily proclaims. We worship and have awe for creation at times. The mountains, the beautiful spring weather, the boy or girl at school, the future husband or wife, the better job, the the future house with a view, or a healthy bill of health, and that's where we stop. The horizontal beauties of creation doesn't result in the goal, which is awe in the God of creation and worship of him for the splendor of his majesty and his wondrous works. You see, God designed this world to give us pleasure every day. He carefully built pleasure gates into our physical, emotional beings. Our eyes, our ears, our nose, our mouth, our hands, our mind, our emotions all enable us to take in and enjoy the pleasures of God. And these are good things. And we should never feel guilty about pursuing and enjoying the pleasures of God's creation. The problem becomes when all of those pleasures becomes the ultimate motivator of our hearts. Let me repeat that. The problem becomes when all of those pleasures becomes the ultimate motivator of our hearts. When all of material things rules our hearts, then we will live for material things and do just about anything to gain them, maintain them, and keep them. This all can lead to slavery, to our stuff. Instead of the blessing and gifts that cause gratitude, they can become curses. This is the curse of being born in sin, as David says in his other psalm, Psalm 51, in sin did my mother conceive me. We are born as those that can't see God. The very God that created us for joy in him and we replace worship of God with worship of self, worship of creation. And it's the world, our sinful flesh and the devil, they all push against this ultimate worship of God that we were created for. As Paul Tripp says in his book on worship and awe, at a deep and often unnoticed level, Sin replaces worship of God with worship of self. It replaces joyful and free submission to a God of love with self-rule. It replaces gratitude with demands for more. It replaces faith with self-reliance. It replaces that vertical joy with horizontal envy for other things. It replaces rest in God's sovereignty with a quest for our personal control of everything. We live for our glory. We set up our rules and we ask others to serve our agenda. And where does that lead us? Let's examine what we see in our current culture. Has this led us to a good place, a place of joy and happiness? No, I don't think it does. We see addiction is rampant. An addiction to porn, seeking out awe in girls and the body over awe and satisfaction in God. We see addiction to drinking and drugs, seeking a high because there is no way we are satisfied with the current highs that we're experiencing. We numb the pain with drugs, numb the anxiety, numb the depression. We see youth suicide rates that are climbing in our era of technology. We see celebrities who have all the money that we might desire, the greatest houses, we see them miserable. We see them divorced every few years because the awe and pleasure experienced in their relationship had faded. We can become obsessed with getting more money, eating better food, and it can become exhausting. It can lead us to apathy. At best, the buzz of these things is short-lived, and because it is short-lived, we have to go back again and again and again. We replace God with money, food, pleasure, stuff, and this leaves us in a place that can never get to verse 1 in this psalm. And it's no set of rules that will free us from the slavery to always wanting more, It's no social or political insight that will liberate us. We have met the enemy, and the enemy is our hearts. It is us, if we're honest. And because it is, we have no power to defeat it. We will forget God. We will replace him with something else. We will place ourselves at the center, and thus we will live driven and dissatisfied lives self-centered and immoral we so often believe the lie that true rest peace contentment satisfaction and joy can be found somewhere in the creation is this true of you is your awe and worship misplaced this morning the question is is what is the solution how do we get to this place of where David was at. So on to our second point, worship redeemed. The goal is not to kill your desires, kill your ability to be in awe, kill your desire for pleasure. Not at all. The goal is to take each desire, every joy that you experience in creation and cause that to bring praise and worship to God. Declaring God's greatness as David did. Speaking of the glory of God's kingdom and his abundant goodness to others. You are made for a world where God and worship of him is the goal of all of life. Just like David's heart in this psalm. David says they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Beloved, where is this most greatly shown? Where is God's abundant goodness and righteousness shown shown to each and every one of you? Shown to sinners. It's shown in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. God did not leave us to the misery of trying to find our satisfaction in creation, which will never bring us what we are after. No, no. We are created to be satisfied in an infinite God. And only this God can truly satisfy. And in his goodness and love, he sent forth his son to be born of woman, to be born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, to redeem those who are under the curse of sin and the curse of worshiping self. As it says in verse 8, the Lord, Yahweh, is gracious and merciful. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. Behold, Jordan Valley Church, our great God. He does not leave us to play in the gutter, leave us in our anxiety and depression, leave us in our envy, self-focus, leave us in our judgment, but he is gracious and merciful Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, as it says in verse 13: an everlasting kingdom for all those who call upon him in truth. Our great God sent forth the Lord Jesus Christ, his Son, to live on this earth, to come as the ultimate worshiper of the Father, to do his Father's will, to humble himself by becoming a man. Fully God and fully man, this Lord Jesus Christ saw every aspect of worship as a symphony of praise to God the Father. The wind and the waves obeyed him. And he came to redeem worshipers out of slavery to their unending desires. Redeemed to be worshipers in spirit and in truth. Jesus came, as we hear in the Gospels, as the bread of life so that we would have bread that truly does satisfy. He did wondrous works of restoring the fallen world full of disease, his miracles, uh, freeing people from demon possession, from blindness, restoring them to what creation was made for. Man and women without pain, without suffering, without slavery, to spiritual forces, able to have faith, And what do we see in the Gospels is their response towards this healing. It's a response of praise and freedom glorifying God. And these wondrous works on which we meditate, as it says in verse 5, culminated in him going to the cross. He who knew no sin becoming sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. As it says in 1 Peter, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, each and every one of you have been healed. You see, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, and it did not stop on the cross. For he rose from the grave and on the third day conquering sin, death, and evil, putting everything in subjection under his feet. This is why Jesus had to come. It was the only way by which God could free us from our self-slavery. And part of why God did this, part of why Christ did this was to give us back our awe and our ability to worship so that we would live once again and celebrate his awesome glory. Not just now, but forever and ever, blessing his holy name all the way into the new heavens and new earth. The one in which Colossians says all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Behold your Lord Jesus Christ. This is the gospel of grace. This is why and how we can worship this morning. This is the means by which God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and mercy. God's most mighty act. This is the wondrous works upon which we should meditate, as it says in this psalm, every day, the gospel. Love and grace, as it is shown, as it says in verse 18, to those who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Do you see Do you believe this gospel, young and old? Do you truly believe it? And if not, oh Lord, now open the eyes of the blind, open the eyes of our hearts of your people. God speaks to each and every one of you this morning and says, come to me. Seek me, my son, my daughter. Seek me as the one to behold, to hold in awe and worship Repent and turn from trying to find true and lasting pleasure in relationships, success at work, a wonderful marriage, being the greatest in a given sport, watching sports games, winning competitions, winning medals. These were meant to not be ends of ultimate delight, but reflections to point to true and pure joy in me. Come to me and see and believe and desire the things that I bring. Remember my work. Remember your future hope and glory eternal, your everlasting life. Young and old, rich and poor, stop now. Fall at your feet and worship this great and glorious God. As it says in Philippians 2, know that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess That Jesus is Lord there is no getting around it either you bow the knee today and confess Jesus is Lord or you will bow the knee at the judgment seat what do you choose come today and experience that lasting joy everlasting life and pleasures forevermore which are found in worship of this great and glorious triune God Call upon the name of the Lord and worship. Your worship will be redeemed. Our last point. Worship practiced. Now that all of you have seen the great work of Christ going above and beyond in every way to bring us to be worshipers of him, what is the outflow of our hearts? It is worship. Worship. The first aspect of our worshiping landmark at Jordan Valley Church is going to worship every Lord's Day. As it says in Hebrews, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day is drawing near. Do you desire to worship and meet with your brothers and sisters? Even your flawed brothers and sisters? Have you been baptized? Have you professed your faith and become a member of the church? If not, pray to the Lord to open your eyes and hearts to worship Him. If it is difficult to attend because you are falling down, you are bowed down under the weight of this world, know, as it says in Psalm 145, verse 14, the Lord upholds all who are falling down and raises up all who are bowed down. If you desire to know joy, peace, rest, and life, good. This is our purpose in worship on Sundays. The Lord on Sundays opens his hand and satisfies the desires of every living thing. As it says in verse 19, he fulfills the desires of those who hear him. Those who fear him, he hears their cry and saves them. Those of you that feel too broken inside, those tattered and torn by the wolves, he hears your cry, beloved. Brothers and sisters, and responds in love and promises each and every Lord's day, I will be your God and you will be my people. The Lord preserves those who love him. But as it says in verse 20, all the wicked he will destroy. On a side note, when you come to worship, young and old, sing loudly. Let the Lord know by your singing that you know his mighty acts and the fame of his abundant goodness. If you have no desire to come and worship the Lord, to sing then maybe you have not beheld the true radiance of the glory of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. I encourage you to go to church every Sunday and pray that you'd be able to do just that. Pray for the pastors, pray for those preaching the sermons, that they would speak the truth of God. So you would know God and know the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray Saturday night that you have a desire to go to church on Sunday and have the ability to receive from God's word and be changed by the Holy Spirit. Second, this worship of God and praise for him on Sundays, it overflows right into the whole entire week and passes from generation to generation. David says in verse 4 One generation shall praise your works to another and declare your mighty acts. Worship and awe does not stop internally with you, but overflows to your children, your friends, your family, and your neighbors. You proclaim to them look at what he has done, look at his mighty acts and his word, look at this great God, his salvation to his people. His salvation to our family. I was dead, but now I am alive. I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but I have been found. Son, daughter, this is why we worship this great God. This is why we go to church. This is why I love him and praise him. This joy, worship, gratitude, and praise on the lips of God's people brings one generation after another to pour forth the fame of God's abundant goodness and declare God's righteousness. Christianity is not some dead religion of rules, and by works and effort you will reach eternal life? No. It is a religion that is focused and about knowing God in worship. Head and heart combined. The key is recapturing our awe of God and His creation and living in that reality. And this brings praise to God and glory to Him and the desire to bring everyone around us into that joy of true worship, whether it be our children, our friends, our family. Every day we get the privilege of speaking of the glory of His kingdom. Christ is King. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. A kingdom of mercy. A kingdom of grace. Of love, joy, peace, rest, kindness, forgiveness, and gentleness. How can we not, out of love for others, share this truth of this glorious kingdom with others? In the day to day, worship is simple. When you look at the mountains, Tell your children, look, God created that for you to be amazed. When you're eating that meal that tantalizes the taste buds, stop and say to those around you, wow, how amazing is the food that God has created. The millions of flavors. Our goal as parents and family is to create worshipers of God. Worshipers seeing the end of every Aspect of creation is praise and worship and awe of the God who made it all. When you're at work, thank God that your work provides food and shelter and that he gave you a brain and hands and ability to work. All of this praise for God brings glory to him and will last into eternity through eternal rewards and eternal glory. It is purposeful when we praise our God. Here's just a practical aspect that I was thinking of that I think can help foster this joy and worship in life. First, put down the phone and media. It is shown as I was researching this that social media, phones, technology all lead to depression and anxiety. It is proven that phones and social media level leverage the same neural, neural circuitry used by slot machines and cocaine to keep us using their products as much as possible. We wonder why our anxiety, depression, and focus on never-ending desire for more so prevalent in our culture, it is from our constant connection with technology. Turn off your phones at times. Technology that declares this is the good life of instant joy and pleasure as soon as you turn it on. But does it last? Does it go without harm? Does that all in those images and likes and good responses and comments bring the life we so desire? We now know in a multitude of studies, no, it doesn't. With more technology and access, our happiness index across the board has fallen. So what is the cure for us? The cure is worship. The cure is this psalm. My call to each of you this week, when you wake up each morning, do not pick up your phone, leave it off. Before you check your email, or the news, or sports scores, or whatever you do, and I'm speaking to myself in this, read Psalm 145. The Jews said that Psalm 145, if you were to recite it twice in the morning and once in the evening, you would have blessings all the way on into eternity. So there's something of depth to this psalm. Stop and think about the mighty acts of God. Each of you have the Lord Jesus. You have eternal life. You have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You have peace with God, joy and rest in a sovereign God who is working all things for your good. You have food and a house and on and on. Get in the Bible and read a psalm. Pray for God to give you this inexpressible joy filled with glory as it says in Peter. Pray for more of the Holy Spirit to bring you life. And with that, praise and gratitude will become our disposition each and every day. On Sundays, turn off your phone, make it a name to go without media, get into creation, and teach your body to enjoy God in the little things. Beloved, worship today. Worship tomorrow. Worship every second of every day. Teach others to be worshipers. And this will happen when you believe and experience with David's other psalm, Psalm 16 you make known to me the paths of life. In your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Pray for this joy and pleasure. Though you do not see him, you love him and rejoice with inexpressible joy filled with glory. May this be Jordan Valley Church and may we bring up others to do the same. Let us pray. Father, these words are too good and too true to our ears to hear. We know that we can be so far off from it and we ask for your Holy Spirit to come. Fill us. Fill us full of this joy and life that we would see every aspect of creation, every aspect of what we do, as to bring joy and praise to you, and that is where true life is found. Bring us to repentance and faith. Bring us to newness of life. Bring us to this new creation, knowing that all things were made through your Son for him, and in him all things hold together. We praise you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you for this morning to be able to sing and worship you, May we receive your Lord's Supper now. In Jesus' name, amen.